Welcome to the Occupy Freedom Podcast, where we're diving deep into all things kingdom. Your life is not a mistake. You were created for this moment in history to advance the kingdom and govern the earth from a heavenly perspective. Let's join our hosts, Justin and Rihanna Arfston. All right, well, welcome to the next episode of Occupy Freedom Podcast. All right. Uh, what are we talking about today, Dad? We. <laughs> I call okay, so he, Justin to me is dad. So he's going to be your dad for these conversations <laughs> on the podcast, <laughs> whether you like it or not. Uh, well, since we're, since you called me dad, guess what? We're going to talk about sunship. <laughs> we're getting old, aren't we? Isn't that just like you cross over the threshold of when you start calling each other mom and dad hey, and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm getting old. All right, what are we talking about? Sonship. All right, we're talking about <laughs> The title of today's message is Slavery to Sonship. And speaking of which, uh, St. Patrick's Day was just recent. We just celebrated mm-hmm. St. Patrick's Day. And so I have a, a quote by St. Patrick. It says, I am certain in my heart that all that I am, I have received from God. Here's another profound quote by St. Patrick. Never trust a dog to watch your food. (laughs) (laughs) I love the saints of God because we can be both super profoundly deep and completely ridiculous, right? right? Um, But speaking of which, we celebrate St. Patrick's Day every year because my great-grandmother was 100% Irish and my great-grandfather was English. And so we oftentimes will do a celebration on St. Patrick's Day, talk about the story of St. Patrick eat some great food, listen to some extremely weird Celtic music, Celtic (laughs) rock pub music, um, and just have a good time. Um, But the reason why we celebrate both the English and the Irish part of my heritage is because St. Patrick was actually an English youth who was abducted into slavery by the Druids in Ireland. So he wasn't actually Irish, he was English. He was sold into slavery um, to Ireland And it was at that time that he actually came to know the love of Christ during those super dark years of his life. Um, Eventually, he escaped and sailed back to England. But the Lord kept speaking to him about returning to Ireland to preach the gospel to the people. So he took 15 years of his life to study the word and go to seminary. And eventually returns to England uh, and returns to Ireland as a free man. Uh, to plunder the gates of hell and bring the message of freedom to the Irish people. And so they celebrate March 17th as St. Patrick's Day because that is the day of his death when he died. So they commemorate him. Now, what it's turned into is sort of completely (laughs) off course. Leprechauns. (laughs) But uh, the core of it is that uh, the very place of St. Patrick's affliction would soon become the power source for him to bring God's love to the people. So he left Ireland as a slave. And he returned as a son. So we tell that story because that is the basically the conversation we're having today is slavery to sonship. And so why is it important to us? I mean. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a good question because it is super important. And there's a couple words that, that kind of come to mind when I think about sonship. You know, the first word is actually adoption. Mm-hmm. And I think a great yeah. example of that is really the story of Moses. Mm-hmm. You know, he yeah, was basically good. adopted into the royal family, mm-hmm. right? So we think about uh, us as sons and daughters, uh, we get to be adopted into the royal family yeah. of heaven, Amen. Amen. right? I mean, just that's that's amazing in and of itself. Mm-hmm. And when you get adopted into a, a family, 
you get certain what I would call family privileges, mm-hmm. right? So you, as a family privilege privilege that we have in heaven, you know, we have access to wisdom and, and provision and health and, mm-hmm. you know, the list goes on yeah. and on and on of, of the things that we just have access to because right. we're part of the royal family. The, the way I like to kind of, the funny way I like to think about that is it's almost like, a, uh, you know, if you think about like an exclusive club, like yeah. if you're, if you're flying first class, mm-hmm. you know, you get this, you, you know, people are shoved back in coach, coach and they, they, they look forward and they see all the amazing things happening in first class <laughs> and they, you know, they're, they're, they're getting the, the royal treatment, right, if you right. will. And, and that's essentially what it means to be in the royal family in the heavenly royal family is we have access to everything yeah yeah amen and what i love about you know that illustration is that unlike on an airplane you know first class is very exclusive and you can't be in first class unless you pay the dues and do the things Right. right um but the invitation in the kingdom for those privileges is open to all when you accept and receive jesus as lord um receiving that gift it the invitation is open to all so the the spirit of sonship is available to all who would receive it into their life all right well let's do this all right well that brings us to our first point that we want to talk about here and we're just talking about going from slave to son and what that looks like. And I think the best way for us to jump into that is really just to read the scriptures, right? Because it it's a window into what all God's things. God's word saying, right? right? So in Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7, I'm going to read this to you from the New American Standard. Uh, Paul is writing a letter to the church and he says, But when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that he might redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons. Because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Yeah, that's that's good. I also like uh, Romans 8.15, kind of talks about the same yeah. thing mm-hmm. in a little, little different way. Um, I'm going to actually read it out of the Passions Translation, which is uh, kind of a, uh, a, f- a fun way that that Paul wrote this. So he said, and you did not receive the spirit of religious duty mm-hmm. leading you back into the fear of not of never being enough. Um, then it goes on to say, but you have received the spirit of full acceptance enfolding uh, uh, you into the family of God, right? That's that adoption. You're into the mm-hmm. family of God. Yeah. And you will never feel orphaned. Um, or as he rises up within us, our spirits join him in saying words of tender affection, beloved father. I love that version. The passion is so um, great to mm-hmm. articulate that in such great language. Um, and so as we look through these couple of scriptures, let's just break down what is slavery. Yeah, it's 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 really, it ends up, it's really just the um, condition of being in bondage to the flesh mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is really what it boils down to. Yeah. Yeah. And when we, you know, when we're talking about slavery from a negative connotation, we're obviously talking about that right there, that condition of bondage to fleshy things mm-hmm. and whether it's people or idols or sin or whatever. And so when we look at these scriptures, 
Um, we can see outlined in Romans 8.15, the very first description that it gives of slavery is that you're serving out of religious duty. Mm. So church obligation, right? I have obligations at church, or I have to go to church on Sundays because that's the obligation that I have to the Lord. Or I pray for 20 minutes each day because it's the obligation I have um, as a Christian. And so, you know, when Jesus met the woman at the well... She was kind of arguing with him. Where is the actual right place to be when you're worshiping God or how to do it correctly? And and he corrected her and said, there's coming a time when because God is spirit, he is looking for worshipers who are, who are worshiping in spirit and in truth, not out of religious um, red tape obligation. And mm-hmm. so that's the first thing we see in Romans 8.15. Right. We, we, I even think about that with giving. Yeah, you know, right. sometimes the the idea of giving our, our tithe or whatever mm-hmm. our offering, you know, can become very religious and obligatory. Right. Um, right. And and the what the what scriptures tells tells us to be is a cheerful giver. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And and if we're doing it out of, out of just simple obligation, right. sometimes honestly, I've been there. You get a little. I don't know if salty is the right word because you you know, but. But it's certainly, you know, I've given not out of a cheerful mm-hmm. heart, but out of because I figure, wow, well, this is just the right thing to do. And, right. and that's not the, right. the heart posture that we really want. Right. And sometimes that's where we start because we all start sure. from a slavery mentality. And we'll talk about that in a second. But I think the, the point is when we receive that spirit of sonship is to move from that place. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Romans 8.15 also mentions um, that, you know, we don't live in fear of never being good enough. So good. Um, and so, you know, whenever we hear ourselves speak or act out in, in insecurity or rejection or performance-based approval and affection, that's slavery mentality. Is when we're living in this fear of constantly never being good enough for people or for our job or for God. Like, if I just don't do enough, God is not going to accept me or love me. Mm-hmm. That's a, That's slavery. Right. Yeah. And then, of course... Thirdly, you know, slavery in, to the flesh is being in bondage to sin. I mean, and that's a pretty obvious one. Paul talks often about that bondage to sin. You know, John says in 1 John 3, 6, he says, But the one who continues sinning hasn't seen him, Jesus, with discernment or known him by intimate experience. Mm. So again, all expressions of slavery, our old nature. So that's that's slavery. So what really is sonship mm-hmm. then? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in the basic definition of sonship is the state of being a son. Um, But the word actually uses a couple of different terms for this. Mm -hmm. You know, the word also calls it the spirit of adoption, Mm -hmm. the spirit of sonship. And really what it is, is it's the Holy Spirit. The spirit of sonship is the Holy Spirit. And so, you know, Paul says that if we're a son, then we're also an heir, through God. And so I love that description of an heir. Well, what is an heir? The person who inherits the rank, title, position, and property of another after death. And so when Jesus died, there is sort of this transition Mm -hmm. of the kingdom into the hands of those who would carry the Holy Spirit, the spirit of sonship in them. Yeah, absolutely. And and I have, uh, I feel like I have a little bit of experiences from a natural standpoint um, for for years, years ago, I uh, actually traveled the whole state, and I would go around and, and basically help people plan out their their estate from mm. that transitional standpoint. Yeah, and I just there's so many um, correlations, but 
you know, an example of the, the ones that I think are the best example is um, when there are things like family farms, mm-hmm. right? Or a lot of times there'd be century farms. So it's, you know, it's been passed along. And a couple of the common things that I see there is, is that first of all, while it's in, um, while you're living there in this farm, right? It provides for your family. It's, mm-hmm. It helps provide for those very, very natural things. Um and and then it moves on, and when it passes along, it passes along to that ne- to that next generation, and and really a lot of those folks say, you know, you know, this isn't really my farm, <laughs> you know, I got it from my dad, who got it from his dad, mm-hmm. right, and I'm going to pass it to to my son or daughter, or whatever you know, whatever right. that looks like, and really they view it more as stewardship. Right. They're just yeah. stewarding the resources mm-hmm. that they were given for their life. Good. And and it was, uh, I just see correlations there, but I see that with family businesses. The other one that's really unique is family uh, family cabins. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it, kind of that same kind of deal. And it, there's so many memories and great times wrapped around, yeah. you know, those experiences. And, and it, you know, it's, it's, a, it's about, you know, again, stewarding that. So really, when I think about inheritance, it's really enjoying and receiving the blessings of something mm-hmm. that honestly you didn't personally work for. Right. That you yeah. didn't personally yeah. sacrifice yeah. for, but it was given wow. to us from mm-hmm. our father. Wow. That's so powerful. If you think about the spirit of sonship was given to us for nothing that we did. Right. You know, Christ came. And did all the work, and we simply receive that transition of inheritance. Um, a document that we have on our website, www.occupy-freedom.com, is called, I think it's just called Inheritance, but we basically typed up what would be like a last will and testament from mm-hmm. Christ to you personally. Um, it's just a great way to illustrate that transition of, upon my death, um, this is what I'm giving you. Mm-hmm. And so I love that that spirit of adoption is really an ownership of saying this is now something I steward because I am a co-laborer with right. Christ. And because the spirit of sonship is sealed in me, the Holy Spirit, um, that makes me an heir and that makes me an authority on this matter. So um, when we look at these scriptures above in Galatians chapter 4 and Romans eight fifteen. Um, we see that sonship is now no longer a religious duty, right? We don't serve out of religious obligation, but we now serve out of love for our master. Our calling in Ephesians chapter one is now to be holy as he is holy and to abide in him out of love and gratitude and uh, want and desire to pursue him. You know, in Romans eight fifteen, it also says that we now live in a, with a spirit of full acceptance. So we don't have to so fear good. of never being good enough. Because we are fully accepted of the Father, so the world and people will reject us. That's mm-hmm. part of the deal. But we overcome rejection, and we're going to do another podcast on that specifically, but we overcome rejection by accepting the fact that the world and people are going to do and say things that will reject us, but we are fully accepted, and so we don't have to own that space. Yeah, that's so good. Fully accepted by our Father. And, and yeah. also something that I think it's important to kind of point out is, mm-hmm. You know, when we think of the word father, mm-hmm. oftentimes we think of our, you know, the first kind of example of that is our earthly father. Mm-hmm. You know, some of you listening maybe had an amazing earthly, godly earthly father. Right. That was just a wonderful. And and there's going to be other people that say, you know what, that just wasn't my story. Right. Uh, that, right. you know, my, I guess yeah, my father so did true. the best that he could, mm-hmm. but, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. or he wasn't there at all. He was yeah. absent yeah. or whatever that, whatever that is. So if your example of an earthly father isn't 
great. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what you ha- what you see. Understand that your heavenly Father is all of those things and more of all those things you wish you would have gotten out of your earthly father. Yeah, yeah. You know, they, uh, your, your heavenly father will, will accept you and yeah. is always there for you and will never leave you, mm-hmm. you know, all of, all yeah. of those things. Yeah. So, so if you have that, yeah. um, that disconnect there a little bit, just, just, you know, that's not the way our heavenly father is. Yeah. And so that can be hard. That can be hard to connect to the, the, the concept of sonship if you have not had a good experience right. being a son or a daughter. Right. right? Um, but we do have a document on our website. Um, it's called the fruit document. It's an acronym F R U I T. And we've mentioned this in, in earlier episodes. Uh, but this document is really designed for you to kind of journey through some of those right. spaces of memories that you have with your earthly parents or not experiencing things in life without parents or without present parents and you know letting the lord meet you in those memories and show you where he was in all of that and how he affirms you as a father so that you can be healed from those spaces so i encourage you to go and download that document and we have a gal who recently has um just talked about a testimony of that being set free from that orphan spirit where the Lord would meet her in her memories of her father mm-hmm. being very distant and, and not interested in her. And yet there was the Lord sitting in the stands watching her play her athletics and um, being there for her the whole so time good. and just such a yeah. healing place. So I do encourage you to do that as well. Okay, so with all of that said, what about the concept of a bondservant? If we say we are we were slaves and now we're sons, right? The, the word says you're no longer a slave but a son. Yet at the same time in Romans 1.1, Paul addresses himself and, and many of the other writers of the New Testament as well, address themselves as a bondservant or a slave of Christ Jesus. Um, and I just want to touch on this for like 30 seconds because I know there are those who are listening who are thinking, yeah, but what about that? And so a bondservant in the Greek is the Greek word doulos, and it means a slave. In in a bondservant, the idea of a bondservant is referring back to the voluntary slavery of Exodus 21. And it really is about saying, I've been freed from captivity in um, involuntary bondage, and now I'm returning to serve my master out of love and willingness. And so we're bought with the blood of Christ, and so we bind ourselves to him willingly and out of love. The Passion Translation note on this verse says, the Greek word doulos signifies more than a servant. It is one who has chosen to serve a master out of love, bound with cords so strong that it could be severed, it could only be severed by death. So when we are sealed with the spirit of sonship, the interesting thing is we choose to be bound to Christ until death. And so, you know, when you look at life, it is very obvious that we are a slave to something. We're going to worship something. We're going to be, something is going to be master over us. We have to choose our master. In 2 Peter 2.19, he said, you are a slave to whatever has mastered you. Not Mm -hmm. if something has mastered you, but to whatever has mastered you. So you're going to either choose the lordship of Christ or you're going to be a slave to you know, career success or perfection or finances in financial gain or relationships in your life that you wish to please. Um, Something is going to be your master. And it's really about choosing who that master is going to be. Yeah, good. 
You're listening to the Occupy Freedom Podcast, diving deep into all things kingdom. We're so glad you're here. Connect with us deeper at Occupy-Freedom.com. Now back to the show with Justin and Rihanna. All right, so let's move on to kind of our second point, which yeah, is... Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. <laughs> which is living <laughs> like a son. So um, how does Like living... a son of what? <laughs> So the question is, how does being a son affect the way that we live? Mm -hmm. That's a good question because everything in theory is great, right? When you're reading words on a page, when you're understanding the concept of something, but then it has to go to a relational piece of who you are. Mm -hmm. And that's when Jesus was telling the Pharisees, you can't search the scriptures looking for eternity because the scriptures are a roadmap to get you to me and you have to come to me and I have to manifest in your life if this is going to make any difference. And so the spirit of sonship is the Holy Spirit. We just said that. And the Holy Spirit is a person. Right. So for me, the key to living as a son is to get to know the Holy Spirit because he is the spirit of sonship. So you have to get to know who the Holy Spirit is, looking up scriptures on who he is, how he responds, what his nature is, how Jesus talks about him, um, how the apostles talk about him in the letters in the New Testament. You know, getting to know the nature of who the Spirit is is so key to living like a son. That's yeah, that's so good. And the way that I always kind of like to to describe that is it's a language. It's a language that that the the Bible speaks about the person of the Holy Spirit and just to understand that that common language. Yeah. And a great place to start is Ephesians 117. You know, Paul prayed for the church that they would have that we would have a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of who God is. And the Holy Spirit is part of that, the three-part the three part Godhead. Mm-hmm. So um, praying that for yourself is so powerful. For me, it really revolutionized the revelation that... It revolutionized revelation. Well, that is a... Oh, that's <laughs> super deep. But it really, like, <laughs> praying that prayer for me, I feel like the Lord really opened up an understanding in my heart of who He is and who the Spirit is. So... Mm-hmm. Um, And then just getting familiar with how the Holy Spirit speaks to you. How does he nudge you? How does he correct you? How does he encourage you? How does he relate to you? Because when you can get to know how he interacts with you, then you will continue to live by that spirit, live by the Holy Spirit. I know for me, you know, the Holy Spirit speaks to me super often when I'm in the shower and when I'm working out. And I'm not really sure what the correlation is there, but (laughs) I always have a notebook next to me in those places because he's always speaking something to me um and the that's problem just when you do that in the shower is your paper always gets my, <laughs> <laughs> my notes are kind of soggy uh but i have like scribblings like a madman on the shower <laughs> the shower wall, <laughs> the shower wall. <laughs> oh boy uh but so whatever that looks like for you i would encourage you to kind of journey and, and get to know the Holy Spirit and get to know how he wants to interact with you in your life. After we are pursuing that place, that's how it kind of affects you. But how should then sonship manifest in life in a practical way? What what might that look like? So let's just go back to Romans 8.15. And uh, it says, And you did not receive the spirit of religious duty... Mm leading you back to the fear of never feeling you're good enough, Mm 
mm-hmm. but you have received the spirit of full acceptance, mm-hmm. enfolding you into the family of God. I just love that. And you will never feel orphaned. Amen. For as he rises up within us, our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection. I just love that, you know, that that we receive the spirit of full acceptance. So mm-hmm. living like a son is is really just receiving, mm-hmm. being fully accepted. Yeah. Fully understand that, wow, we we are a part of this family now. Right. And so we get to enjoy the benefit of right. being part of the mm-hmm. heavenly family. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. And so our life should really reflect that, right? Paul says right. that we are an advertisement for the glory of God in our life, that we're living epistles. So our life should manifest that um, demeanor of a son and that composure of a son or daughter. So if we're looking at like being in a crisis, in crisis mode in life, right? Mm-hmm. A slave would react to a situation and, and ask questions like, how am I going to figure this out? This is reaching back for those old spiritual uh, survival weapons that we talked about in New War, New Weapons. Mm-hmm. How am I going to figure this out? But a son responds intentionally. And a son will respond with questions like, who is the Lord over this situation? And speak truth to a situation. Right. And things like relationships. You know, slaves will maybe um, fall into things like gossip and backbiting, you know, sowing discord, fear of never being enough. I and mean, it talks about right. that, the kind of right. that spirit of, of never, never feeling enough. Mm-hmm. Where a son <laughs> defends the kingdom family knowing that he or she has received the spirit of full acceptance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because love believes the best in others. And so when we feel the need to gossip about people, backbite, or sow discord, it's because we're operating in fear that we're not going to be good enough. So it's sort of breeding this competition space, right? So when we see our lives being provided for as a son, we have a prosperity mentality. So Mm -hmm. a slave on one hand is going to have this poverty mentality. Uh, What if there's not enough? What if so-and-so gets ahead of me? It's kind of this this breeding of comparison, competition, and contention with other people because you feel like this scarcity of what if there's just not enough for me to become who I'm supposed to become? But a son, on the other hand, has the spirit of sonship giving them a prosperity mentality. The fact that the inheritance never runs dry. It is more than enough because he is El Shaddai, the God of more than enough. So he is everything all encompassing. And if he lives in us, then we have access to all things. If we are his heir, we have exceedingly abundantly more than we need in him, which will breed confidence, contentment, and contribution to the body. And we won't feel the need to be divisive or talk badly about people um, or even be jealous and envious of those who get things that we want, right? Right. I mean, that's real. When we look at people, I mean, for example, we're looking for a house. We've been looking for a house for like, I don't know how many, three years now. And there are several people of our, several of our friends who have just all of a sudden decided they're going to move and they have found a house and moved out within months, like just boom, done. You know, it's, it's tempting to feel like, oh, well, if they're getting what, you know, if they're getting their family home, then there's less for us. And maybe we're not going to find ours. Right. I call that the pie mentality. So yeah. we, we think about, you know, if you think about a pie and you say, well, gosh. If... I do think about pie often, actually. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> I'm thinking about it now. Actually, actually after this. <laughs> uh, but but we think about if someone gets a piece of a pie, that mean that naturally means that there's less pie for us. Yeah. That's that's really poverty thinking. Mm-hmm. Prosperity thinking is great. God will just make a new pie. Right. Amen. There's more pies. It's that to be simple. Made. Exactly. It's it, you know even when you look at real food when you're at like a family gathering. And, you know, you can tell the people who are, like, worried that this stuff is going to run out. I mean, mm-hmm. we have some kids who are like, I am first in line. I got to get as much as I can because if it's mm-hmm. gone, I mean, I'm worried about there not being enough left for me. Right. You know, versus the people that are just kind of sitting back and like, whatever, I'll just let everybody else go and I'll, I'll get enough. I'm sure of it. And I'm, I'll be satisfied and it's it. not going to be a big deal, you know. Right. Um, but definitely a difference in mentality and because paul says we are advertisements for that power um our lives should reflect that position of sonship bringing honor to god and honor to the kingdom and everything that we say and do good all right let's go to our third point and start landing this plane <laughs> shall let's we take our descent here <laughs> um so stewarding our sonship. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are we called to do with our position as sons and daughters? Yeah, that's a great question. And it's interesting, this point is stewarding your sonship, because I remember at the very beginning of this podcast, you talked about sonship being sort of this stewardship, right? And we mm-hmm. talked about this as being an heir, you're really stewarding something you did not work for. And so we don't just receive this spirit of sonship and go, great, my life is wonderful and I keep to myself and that's it. There is a responsibility to right. steward this space that God gives us. So if we look at Matthew chapter 10, verses 5 through 8, um, it says, These twelve Jesus sent out and commanded them, saying, Do not go in the way of the Gentiles, do not enter the city of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go... So there's a key word, go, right? The verb. Mm -hmm. Preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. So much instruction in this. So much uh, illumination to stewardship in these verses right here. So Mm -hmm. I encourage you to reread those a few times. But essentially, to be a son is to represent the father and go out and share that inheritance with the world and invite them into the first class cabin with all the privileges right. that you were talking about, right? Right. So as an heir, you know, when we receive inheritance, we choose to either, like you said, with a farm, fully consume the resources for ourselves, or share what we're given. Mm-hmm. And uh, when Jesus sent the 12, he said, freely you have received, freely give. I, I love that because that is definitely a stewardship statement. Yeah, absolutely. Is, is that you didn't, you received this. You, yeah. you didn't yeah. work for it. You didn't, yeah. you received it freely. And I was going to say freely. Can we just talk about that for one moment? We cannot attempt to sell something that was meant to be given away. We see so much of this in, in the church world right now. And I'm not naming any names or pointing any fingers because you can interpret this how you want. But, you know, when we charge enormous amounts of money to release what God has put in us or put a price tag on something that God has said, go, I'm going to give you this and I want you to go give it away for the benefit of the body, the benefit of those who are lost and broken. I really question this concept. And I'm not talking any lines of, well, this is good and that's not. This is bad and this is, you know, 
this is totally up between you and the Lord. However, it's something that has to be talked about. If we're freely given revelation and gifts and power, we are to be freely giving it away as much as possible, but also monetarily speaking, freely, right? Right. We should not be expecting people to pay us in order to give them something that was given to us without our own merit in to begin with itself, right? Right. If you think about it that way, it's like, you know, it's like charging for what God has is um, is telling us to say. I mean, it. Yeah. yeah. Again, <laughs> these are the types of topics that that are hard for people sometimes because everybody has a different opinion on what that actually looks like. But the foundational concept of it is right in Scripture that we should be freely giving away what He has freely given us because out of gratefulness we serve others and love them and say, "Hey, take it. I got. I got it. You. You can have it." But the bottom line is, is that there's no such thing as a quote unquote private faith. I, I, you know, this concept of like, well, my faith is private to me, so Mm -hmm. I just don't tell people about it. I don't talk about it. It's an oxymoron to say that your faith is private to you. I mean, inactive, maybe we could maybe call it that. (laughs) Let's call it what it is. (laughs) Right? Right. But the kingdom is at hand, which means it's in you. And if you're not sharing it, it's not private. It's just inactive. So let's move beyond this sort of it's my private faith mentality right. and realize that to steward or an the advertisement yeah. right? right right we i've you know said for you you know kind of what people talk about is hey we're, we're a river right we're mm-hmm. not a reservoir yeah. Yeah. that what we freely give we freely receive right. as a river instead yeah. of it because because guess what happens in a reservoir Mm-hmm. We, it gets get, all stanky. Get all stanky. <laughs> Don't become <laughs> be, a stanky be getting all stanky up in there <laughs> so you know, the kingdom is simply about carrying an eternal solution to the needs of the people around you. So go out and find them. Find the needs. Fill them. We tell our kids this all the time since they were little. See a need and fill it. So if we're circling back to when we talked about St. Patrick, you know, a great illustration of this is exactly what he did. He went to Ireland the first time as a forced slave. Uh, but then he returned the second time freely as a son to serve the people on his own merit. And uh, it's a beautiful picture of sonship. Yeah, absolutely. The the kind of the story, the real life story that comes to my mind as well is the story of Harriet Tubman. Yes, right? absolutely. I mean, mm-hmm. she was a slave. Yep. She uh, she escaped. She went in, and then yep. she was one of the biggest advocates of the Underground Railroad and freeing slaves. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, talk about someone who was a f- she could have gotten freed. And then just said, well, I'm free. So see ya. See ya, right? Have fun, y'all. Deuces. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. But but she didn't. She said, no, 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 no. There's other people that need this freedom. So she went into it, man. She was fierce. I love the fact that her story of her, you know, like, I don't know if you guys have ever um, either watched the movie or know the story. Harriet, for sure. But but she was led by the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Amen. Uh, And, 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 that's how she navigated. She went back in and so plundered good. that devil's quarters like nobody's business. Yeah. You know, but that is the illustration of sonship is that God sets you free in whatever manner and says, okay, I want you to go back into those dark places that you came from and bring freedom. Now we, right. we go back and we just shove the devil's nose in this business because what he meant for harm, now God means for good. And so it is so important to steward that. So when we say yes to Jesus, God seals us with the spirit of sonship. 
and he sets into motion a life continually and completely transformed over time. But he doesn't stop there. He begins to use our story, our testimony, and our purpose to impact the lives of those in need. So your process is not just about you. It's about those who are praying for what you carry. Mm -hmm. And that is also so true when it comes to our children. For those who are listening, Mm -hmm. have our children. What what we um, get free from, Mm -hmm. whatever bondage that we may picked up along the way. Mm -hmm. When we get free from that, we're uh, setting free our children at the exact same time. Building bridges, y'all. Building bridges. (laughs) All right, let's summarize it up, Chris. (laughs) All right. So our three points. So our first point was... We are no longer slaves to religious duty, fear, um, or uh, of sin and flesh, but we have been given the spirit of sonship. Right, the Holy Spirit is now a, it was a down payment for what is to come. Amen. Okay, so that was our first point. Second point was getting to know the Holy Spirit is a key to living like a son. Yeah. Understand the, the the Father's natures. Understand the person of the Holy yeah. Spirit Amen. Amen. Uh, so we can walk in that sonship. Yeah. And then the, the last point here was um, that your sonship is not just for you. Amen. It's for the world and the people around around you. Mm-hmm. Right. That, that statement of freely, freely you have received, so freely give it away. Amen. And for further tools and articles um, in this podcast, go ahead and go to our website, www.occupy-freedom.com. And you can read through the articles, click on the toolbox, mm-hmm. and download any of the documents that you need. And with that, I think we're going to pray, pray it up. Let's pray it up. All right, Father, uh, we are so grateful to you, Lord, for the privilege and honor of being able to just be your hands and feet in your voice today. Father, I pray that whatever was spoken would have an eternal impact in the lives of those who are listening. Lord, we praise you and thank you that we are yes, no longer Lord. slaves, but sons. Yes, and we thank you that the spirit of sonship, the Holy Spirit has sealed us as a down payment for what is to come. So Father, we pray for the, the kingdom of heaven to come into the earth on our behalf as we go about preaching the gospel to those in need and also doing the work of healing and casting out demons and raising the dead and doing the work of the kingdom. Father, we thank you that the Holy Spirit is the key to our sonship. We thank you uh, for giving us, as Ephesians 1.17 says, the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of who you are and who the spirit of sonship is. And uh, Lord, we just thank you and receive right now, acknowledge and accept the fact that our sonship is not just about us. So I pray for every ear that is listening and every heart that is open to hearing your guidance in this space, that you would show us who, when, how and where to give out freely what you have given us. And we thank you, Lord. We honor you. We bless your holy name, God. We worship you and we thank you for this day in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us this week on the Occupy Freedom Podcast. Make sure to visit our website, www.occupy-freedom.com and subscribe so you'll never miss a show or an update. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate you sharing it with your friends and giving us a rating on your preferred podcast platform. For further resources, check out Rihanna's best-selling book, Polished and Concealed, on Amazon.com. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Occupy Freedom Podcast.